Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about bonuses and incentives, episode one, with the help of special guest Andrew Kerr of Landis Architects Builders in Washington, D.C. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host, Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey, everyone. Tim Fowler here, and welcome to another what I think is going to be exciting episode of the Tim Fowler Show. So, Keep those ideas coming in. I did get one a couple of weeks ago that we're going to work into the system uh, as we can, but I love to hear from listeners. I love to know what you'd like to have us uh, cover on the show. All right. So ever since I've been talking about production management, which has been, I believe, since about 1992, yes, I am that old, right? The idea of bonuses, and it started years ago with the lead carpenter system, and you know you do certain things and you get to share uh, in the profits. It's been a, a hot topic, and for some reason, whatever that reason is, uh, it has resurfaced as a very uh, big topic in our world. And it could possibly be that business owners, managers are trying to find ways to make sure that people don't jump ship and go someplace else. Uh, And so they're offering more about uh, the bonuses. So I thought this would be a great topic to have for our podcast and just kind of get the word out about what people are doing. So I've assembled a cast of characters, we're going to call them that, to help us understand uh, this. We're going to do four podcasts in a row that are all related. In fact, we're going to call every one of them bonus and incentives, episode one, two, three, four. Uh, There are four different guests from four different companies. Uh, Two of the guests you've actually heard before, if you're a longtime listener, two of them are going to be brand new to the podcast. And so uh, we, we welcome them. I'm going to try to ask basically the same questions from each of the guests. So you're going to hear some similarities there as we go through. I suspect we're going to find some similar ideas, and then I think we're going to find some differences. And so in any case, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think it'll be fun to hear what's going on out there in the world. Now, I've asked the guests uh, not to use dollar amounts uh, as we discuss things. Uh, I'm particularly sensitive to uh, competitors in the various regions where our guests are. And so I've asked them to use percentage numbers as much as possible, or maybe just some ideas. So uh, Steve, let's go ahead and get started with our first guest. Okay, Tim. So Andrew Kerr is the COO of Landis Architects Builders in Washington, D.C. The company was started by two brothers, Chris and Ethan Landis, 31 years ago. Andrew started with the company in 2002 as a project manager. At the time, he worked out of Ethan's basement in Chris's attic. He was the primary driver for developing the job-based bonus program. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Thank you. Thanks for All right. So uh, just give us a little bit more about Landis. I know uh, Chris has been on at least one time with us, so we know a little bit about it, but 
give us a little more in the context of, of this uh, episode. Sure. No, we have a, I, I actually love our story. Um, you know, we, these two brothers who uh, our families actually go way back, but these two brothers started this company and, uh, and it originally, you know, it was, it was, frankly, it was two guys in the back of a truck and uh, you know, they, they, uh, they used to take anything they could get their hands on building people's right. decks and so on and so forth. And uh, you know, 10 years into it or so um, they, they started getting some, you know, building some, some, some resume of, of clients and customers and, and a reputation and started to expand a little bit. And I was uh, hired in 2002 as a project manager, but just because there was a little bit too much work for them to do on their own. Um, and then simultaneously about the same time we, we got a, uh, you know, someone to help with the books and, and, uh, and a designer and architect to help with designing stuff. And, and we were, as I said, we were in Ethan's basement and Chris's attic and, uh, and surely, you know, slowly but surely, uh, over the past 20 years, we now have, um, you know, we're in a building that we built and we have 72 employees, I think it is now. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a real ride. Yeah. That's pretty phenomenal growth for when you think of just the short period of time, especially since, since you've been there. Yeah. All right. So let's jump right into the topic here. Uh, I want to start and kind of set the stage with this basic question. Do you believe that financial bonuses are the same as incentives in a company? No, I don't. Okay. And, and how do you see them different? Well, you know, and, and, uh, to me, I, I look at bonuses as pretty much always revolving around uh, financial gain, or, or you know, frankly, just the idea that that somebody can can do something that will put a extra cash in their pocket. Um, incentives, I think, tend to be more cultural, and um, and you know, things like uh, potential continuing education and helping with that. Um, really just creating a, a, an atmosphere and a culture that, that, um, that provides people with opportunity to grow. Um, you know, we have, we have our own internal plumbing and electrical departments, for example. And many of our electricians are guys that started off as assistant carpenters and wow. showed a proclivity and, and a desire to become an electrician and now, you know, 15 years later, they're still with the company and they have worked under a master electrician. They're you know, on their way to getting their journeyman's license, things like that. It's that to me is incentivizing employees. That is, that, is, that is absolutely cool. Now, I've known Landis for a long time and I, that I did not know. I think that's a, just an amazing uh, thing that, that we see there. Absolutely. So let's talk about the bonuses as a, as a function right now. Now I understand you have a pretty uh, good setup there, or at least you guys believe you do. How did that get started? What was the, what was the mover behind getting that going within Landis? So, so we always had, or I shouldn't say we always had, but, but, you know, once we started having a, a, a more routinely good years, uh, you know, early on in the process, 
we would we would sort of hand out an annual bonus usually right around the holiday period, you know, at the end of the year. And, and sort of typical, I think, of, of a lot of companies, or at least what a lot of companies want to do. Um, and, and we still do that to this day. We have a good year. We, we give everyone a bonus. And, you know, depending on how good the year is, it, it sort of can be one week's vacation or one week's worth of salary or two weeks worth of salary or something like that. Um, but what I was noticing or feeling was that there was never any association between getting that bonus and the job that you actually did at any given time. So, you know, you could do great on a job in June and theoretically see a bonus in, in December, you know, and, and to me that just, there was no bang for the buck. You're not, you're, you're handing out the bonus, you're giving the money, but you're not actually um, acquainting solid performance with and, and financial performance with, uh, that bonus. And so that's where we decided, Hey, you know, we still want to have a, a annual bonus for people, but we also want to incentivize people to do well on specific jobs and to take ownership and so on and so forth. So that was sort of the origin of it. So there's a little bit of a shift that goes on, which leads me right into the next question is just that, how did that, uh, take off with everybody? In other words, when you decided to kind of do things a little bit differently than the way it's always been done. How did people react to that? Particularly the carpenters, project, project managers, the, the field crew, I guess, is what I'm really, you know, thinking about here. How did they react to that? I think it was a whole host of emotions, right? I mean, some people were all fired up and, you know, yay, we're going we're gonna to do this. Others were completely skeptical, like, you know, how can I affect whether this job is profitable or not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so far down in the, in the, 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 um, the, the life cycle of the project, you know, that so much happens before I even touch this job. And, and that's where we could make or lose money also. So, which is a critical component, but yeah, no, I think, I think we had a whole host of, of reactions to it. Great. So what I want to look at then is, what are you doing for bonuses? What is the setup that you have now? So, so the concern, obviously, from ownership, too, was that, hey, we can't bonus on the jobs that do well and then uh, take a big hit on the jobs that, that potentially don't do well. You know, there has to be some balance. And so what we came up with was saying, hey, we're going to take uh, – you know, whatever amount of money is, is available um, above and beyond where we sold the job. And we're going to split that 50-50. The company takes half and the other half gets divided up amongst um, a pre-designated group of people. Typically, you know, the PM, the leads and helpers, um, design gets a portion, plumbing, electrical, estimating, so on and so forth. And that list has grown over the years, actually. Okay, so you take the profit over and above, mm-hmm. and then that gets split up. The company keeps 50, 50 goes out to a team of people. How is that yeah. distributed then? So, so we had a percentage. We, what we've actually done is, is you know, there's always, um, there's always, you don't want to have hard and fast rules that are completely inflexible. So, 
we because we recognize that there are times when somebody may have spent time on a job but not really contributed uh, at the level that somebody else may have. Okay. Um, so you want to recognize that. And what we did is we said, all right, the, the salesperson and the PM will put their heads together and come up uh, with a, a who they think the stars of the, of the job were and potentially those that, that you know, were, were there and were did okay, but weren't, weren't necessarily uh, the drivers of its, of its profitability. Um, and we take a recommended um, distribution that's predetermined. So we decided, you know, the, the PM gets a certain percentage, the leads and helpers get a certain percentage, design gets a certain percentage, so on and so forth. And if we need to tweak it a little bit, we did. We also decided that, you know, sometimes that bonus is pretty, you know, it's not huge. Um, and if, if you have a, a small bonus divided up amongst lots and lots of people, it gets so diluted that it's not really much of a bonus. So we have a threshold that if there, uh, the bonus is below uh, a certain amount, um, and I know I'm not supposed to talk about numbers, <laughs> but if the, the bonus is below a certain amount, then we lim limit the distribution to just the, uh, the PM and the leads and the helpers. Um, but if it's, if it's more significant than that, then we go for the full, um, the full team. That makes sense. Oh, that's really cool. So there is a little, there can be a little bit of subjectivity in this. It isn't just, you know, cut and dried. The numbers are the numbers and that's it. That's right. So we, we basically, you know, we put out a, a guideline um, for what the recommended bonuses should be, but there is room within that to tweak. And it takes not just the PM or not just the salesperson. It has to be a combined agreement between those two. Of, of, of who should get what. Okay, fantastic. So this has all been set up. I guess, I guess one of my questions is what, what has made this really work for you? I, 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 maybe I should ask, is it working for you? I'm assuming it is, but yeah. um, what has so, made it work for you? Um, I think that, um, I think guys, in general, can uh, you know? Once you get that first bonus, I think that entices you potentially to to say, "Hey, this this really did work," and I'm I want to look for another one, um, and and start enticing them to be involved in ways that they might not otherwise be, or to uh, to pay a little more attention to uh, their schedules, their budgets. Uh, how long they have to give it, do a certain task, that sort of thing. Um, ultimately, the hope is that at some point, and we haven't quite got there yet, but our, our hope is that the sort of the next evolution of this is that we actually get, um, get our guys to be um, motivated to move back into the process much earlier so that it, there, do we need to take a pause? No. Okay. Uh, sorry, I just saw Tim disappear there for a second. Um, we want to get them involved in the process much earlier. Uh, you know, have our design, have our field people get into the design process, reviewing plans, reviewing budgets, um, long before the, the project goes into production. Um, okay. And hopefully, um, 
that's yet another area where, where we'll see some, some movement. So um, if I'm understanding this correctly, you're taking the net profit of the job and is it over and above or right. is it, so, so if you're at 10% and you get 12%, you're divvying up the 2%. That's right. If, if okay. we, if our target uh, profitability was 10% and we made 12, then it would be a 1% uh, division. Uh, Got it. 50%. And the idea behind that is that there are jobs that only make 9% or 8%. Yep. And yep. so hopefully the, the jobs that, that exceed our, our, our target profitability uh, help pick up the, the, the jobs that don't, you know, sort of okay. that portfolio approach. Who is the ultimate owner of this program in terms of when you take that 1% and you mentioned sometimes that it'd be divvied up amongst a smaller group, who's the owner of kind of that process? Yeah. So, numbers. so, so our, um, our salespeople who um, obviously benefit from sales via commission are not included in the bonus structure and that's on purpose. And, you know, we, we try and actually be as inclusive as possible in it. You know, we, we like to, to um, encourage a team approach to just about everything that we can. So we've now, uh, the, the bonus program's grown and we've included, um, you know, our marketing department and um, uh, different, you know, our accounting, so on and so forth. And the, the idea is that with the salesperson not being included in that bonus pool, they can act as uh, sort of an arbitrator of, um, of any decisions that need to be made that way. So, Andrew, I heard you say uh, something about the designers in there. And so is this just for the, the project managers and carpenters or do you include the designers as part of that as well? So, yeah, and that's, that's an interesting question. So when we originally started the uh, bonus program, it was, it was really um, field-centric, uh, but we did include the designers um, and uh, as, part of, as part of the process. Uh, over the years, we've actually expanded that significantly. We now, we've we decided, hey, you know, the success of a project is, is entirely based uh, on the entire team. It's not just any one individual that can make a job successful. So at this point, we include our estimator who, you know, is, is helping with change orders. And we include our accounting department, um, which is helping with uh, generating reports that we need to make sure that we're following, um, you know, that we're profitable. And we're including our marketing department. And granted, those percentages are significantly lower than the guys in the field, but it's uh, one, it's a recognition that they're part of the team. And two, the idea is that, um, you know, the estimator may be involved in every project. A PM or a lead carpenter may only have a handful of years. So having a smaller percentage, but more frequently helps make up for that. Okay. So just so I understand, you have a predetermined, uh, net profit that you're shooting for. So if you're shooting for 10% and you hit 12%, you're going to be splitting up that 2%, correct? That's right. And it would be 1% goes to the company and 1% yep. would get divided up amongst the team. Okay. And, and ultimately, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, it's, it's the idea behind it is to make sure that, that when you have 
you know, a handful of projects that do really well and a handful of projects that don't do well, and then a bunch in middle, uh, you're, you're balancing it all out. You're going with a portfolio approach from the company's perspective. Yeah, that makes sense. So at the end of the day, who owns the distribution of this bonus program? Who determines that this group is a part of it or, you know, this group isn't? So who determines that? So, so right from the get go, we made it clear that, um, uh, that, that bonuses that are, are above a certain level. And I think I sort of mentioned this that are above a certain level, have a, have a pretty clear formula. We can tweak the formula a little bit, but there's a pretty clear formula. Bonuses that are below a certain level, we just strictly keep amongst the the actual field team. But when we get to that point where it's above a certain level and it has to get distributed amongst the team, uh, it's the project manager and the salesperson sit down. And the idea behind that is the salesperson is not included in the bonus. And we want to have somebody who doesn't really have a personal stake in the game uh, as sort of an arbitrator to make sure that that things are 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 fair and Okay, makes sense. All right. So I, I guess I wanted to ask too a little bit about the idea that do you think having a bonus program and then not hitting bonuses is actually detrimental? Detrimental, like it that's the worst be. thing you can do. Well, sure. So so. Uh, the one thing I never like to do when, when you're talking about hiring somebody, right, is, is saying, yeah, your, your salary is going to be this and you can expect a bonus of such and such. Okay. Because, uh, you know, that, that one, it diminishes the fact that it's a bonus, right? You're just saying it's part of your salary. But more importantly, it's the, it's, you're setting an expectation. And if they don't, achieve that expectation and they don't met that, meet that expectation, they don't see that bonus. And then they feel like, Hey, I was shortchanged here. And it's completely the opposite of, of what it is you're trying to achieve. So you do have to have a lot of communication and a lot of clarity. We are really good about the transparency of our financials. Um, we will share with our lead carpenters and, and anyone who asks, you know, frankly, um, within the company, uh, how a project is doing um, pretty much at any given time. And one of the things we've, we've been working on recently is to try and actually push those financials to a weekly basis, you know, where we're on a weekly basis, we're reviewing how a job is doing. Um, and, and that's a real uh, game changer for us, actually. And that's something actually pretty new. We used to do it less frequently, but now we're trying to be more frequently about it. So every now and then I, I joke about, okay, I'm hearing the voices in my ears here. And one of those voices is the a little bit skeptical business owner that might be looking at customer satisfaction. And right. the, the whole idea, well, would my crew cut corners, leave out two by fours, you know, hide stuff, you know, would they do that for the sake of a bonus? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I mean, that's certainly a, a possible concern. You know, a lot of that I think is, is cultural uh, to prevent that is, is cultural because obviously there's that, Hey, you know, we're getting near the end of the job. There's we're, we're, we're 1% uh, under budget right now and, uh, um, and, and have this potential for a, for a, for a, for a bonus. Let's just get out of here as fast as we can. Right. Which, you know, uh, 
that's a cultural thing. That's, that is a company cultural uh, approach and saying, hey, you know, these people are our future customers. They're the ones who are going to get us our future customers. You know, they're the ones who are going to make it even possible for you to have a shot at a future bonus. Um, <laughs> and you, you got you to gotta play that up a lot. Um, and, and frankly, we just have great guys in the field. We're really lucky. And, and you know, I'd say we're lucky. It's also, I, I, we'll take some credit and say that we found great people. We hire right. great people right. and we instill that. We instill that customer satisfaction as our, as our primary goal. Um, we've also talked about for mitigation of that, we've also talked about actually budgeting, you know, some money that, that is un is, is unallocated and can be used sort of as a, Hey, here's 500 bucks at the end of a job. We're going to make the client happy by giving them something that maybe they're asking for, and maybe they're not, but it's, it's a great right. way of, of saying, you know, of, of putting some icing on a cake or cherry on top or whatever. Um, yeah, I've always said to business owners, look, if this is, is truly a concern for you, you have another problem, right? Right. If your crew is literally cutting corners just to save a buck, you have a different problem. It's not about the bonus. It's about like, I think your way of saying it is great. It's a cultural type of thing, not so much a bonus right. related thing. Yeah. And, and, and again, I, you know, I just... I can't say enough about the guys we have in the field and our clients are, are constantly saying about the guys we have in the field. And, yeah. and so that's clearly something that has resonated. And we're, we're lucky that way. So this has been really super and we're going to wrap up a little bit here, but I, I guess I'm wondering if you had any advice for a business owner that's out there, that's contemplating something of a bonus setup sure. uh, uh, and even incentives. What, what kind of, advice would you give them? I think the, the, the most important advice I could give would be to say that, that a bonus system run properly doesn't cost you a dime and it's going to make you a lot of money um, and a lot of customer satisfaction and client retention. And, and it, can, it can be nothing but positive if you do it the right way. Um, and it can be very powerful. So, and, and one last thing, this because that's very interesting, but as you've put this program in, um, is there one thing that's surfaced? Is it the retaining of your field staff? Is it the retaining of the employees? What is that one thing that maybe you anticipated or did not I, that has happened? It's a long, it's a, it's a loaded question, but uh, <laughs> the, the, um, one of the initial primary drivers was slippage. You know, we were, we were, we were getting slippage. We were losing, you know, a couple percentage points or not that much, but maybe a half a percentage point right near the end of the job. And it was sort of, Hey guys, if we can flip that around, we'll help, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll share you with you the, the, the benefits of having done that. And so slippage was, was definitely the, the first thing that comes to my mind that, that, that was fixed the program helped with. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Andrew, this has been fantastic. I, I really appreciate you taking a little bit of time to be with us. Like I mentioned, you're the first uh, yeah. of the four. And so uh, I think a lot of great ideas, a lot of great insights. And um, uh, I, I, I can't wait to, to hear. I look forward to hearing what the other guys say, too. So, <laughs> some Yeah, I think ideas. that's one of the great benefits. So, again, All thank right. you so much for being with us. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Well, Tim, this was a fantastic start to our 
four-part series on bonuses and incentives. Um, Andrew, obviously a really impressive person, but an Im- impressive company. Um, I think there's just so much to, to glean from this. As he first mentioned, the uh, incentive within his company of the growth of his employees and mentioned, um, you know, the carpenters becoming an electrician or that process of growth in the company. Yeah, I think this is a, a really key thing. I'm, I'm expecting us to hear it from all four of our companies that bonuses and or money as a general rule is not the only motivator. Some of the people that they have in their company are motivated by that bonus. They do say, hey, let's 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 get this done a little faster so we can get a bonus. But it involves so much more than that in terms of developing a great culture and having people that stay and want to work there uh, and so forth like that. So I, I really love the, uh, the idea of just taking what's extra, if you will. You know, we, we hit our margins. And so we have some, quote, extra money, splitting that up 50-50. I love the fact that they are doing it across the team. And I think the point that he made was really good. Like the estimator, you know, is going to touch every job. So they don't get as big a percentage as some other folks who may only do two or three projects a year, but they're still going to get a little bit as they go through because, and everybody listening in knows, the designer, the estimator, they all impact whether that's going to, that job stands the chance of hitting that bonus threshold. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's, you know, perfectly complex and it works in the sense that (laughs) I think it, it, does what it intended to do with uh, fixing slippage, but I think it gives people, you know, a specific goal and it incorporates the team. And I love how they, um, you know, how they disperse all the, of the bonuses to include the salesperson. And, and so it's just very well thought out. I, I think it's awesome. And it checks all the boxes for um, the listeners out there to potentially jump into offering the bonus and incentive program, which I think um, not in this case, but there's a lot of gray area and that's what makes it chaotic. You know, what was really cool right at the end, we asked him like, what, what kind of thing, you know, advice would you give to a business owner? And he, he's more, he said, doesn't cost you a thing. And I think yeah. this is uh, something that Sean McCadden said in one of our uh, podcasts that he actually adds it into his uh, markup and so it's there already and so it's sold as part of the sale price to the client and i think business owners should think about it that way you know share the wealth uh and it won't cost you a thing awesome well this was a fantastic podcast want to thank andrew kerr for joining us today and we always want to thank you for listening to another episode of the tim fowler show And remember, at the Tim Fowler Show, we're working hard to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.